Welcome to The Elegance of Nay. I'm your host, Nay, and on this podcast, we'll be talking about a variety of topics with amazing stories. Let's get into it, shall we? Hey guys, before we begin the show, we just want to give a quick shout out to TC's Art Gallery. That is T as in Tom, C as in Cat, S as in Sam, Art Gallery. They do amazing social media advertisement, local design, website design, and they even help with social media management. Check them out today at TC's Art Gallery, LLC.square.site. All right, let's start the show. Welcome back to the Elegance Nay podcast. I'm your host, Nay, and today we got somebody new in the building. We have the one and only Denzel Turner. How are you? What up, though? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you mentally and physically today? Mentally and physically. Uh, physically, I feel great. feel good. Probably like a nine. Mentally, maybe like an eight. It's just like gloomy outside, so that's, <laughs> that's messing with me. But mm-hmm. overall, doing well. Yeah, I could definitely feel you on the weather. I love a sunny day. Mm-hmm. every day <laughs> so let's start from the beginning so from when you were a kid up until now like um of course there's a huge difference within yourself but how were you from elementary school to middle school <laughs> this is this is a funny question um because i always tell people they wouldn't imagine it i mean they might have some idea knowing me now but yeah i was a i was a bad kid i was a smart kid i loved school but uh, I had a smart mouth, so that that irritated a lot of people. And then I was doing a bunch of stuff I ain't had no business doing. So just just being a terror for no reason during that time frame. But yeah, that's pretty much who who young Denzel was. I wasn't like making, um, I wasn't doing anything crazy. But it's just like just being just being bad, just cause. <laughs> Heck, you know that's funny. What do you remember your uh, elementary school? Yep, Dawson Elementary. Oh wow. Okay. Yep, on the west side. Were you very like social? Like, did you have like a lot of friends growing up in the elementary? I did. I always found, and it's kind of like true nowadays, but back then I always found like my pocket of people. Um, so from the neighborhood or just from school, like people that I vibe with or that uh, I enjoy being around. Like, I always had my pocket of people. I w- it wouldn't be a ton of people, but the few that I gravitated towards, like, yeah, used to always hang out with them. Oh, that's cool. That's what's up. So how was your transition from elementary school to middle school? Like, do you feel like you changed within yourself or? It was, I felt like um, I was a little bit more reserved when I went to middle school. So more so focused on the grades and schoolwork and less of the shenanigans. Mm -hmm. But then like when I got comfortable and I understood the setting because my elementary went up to sixth grade. And then seventh and eighth grade was at a different school. So once I got comfortable after that first year, seventh grade, like, all right, cool. Then I started to turn back up again. It's like, all right, yeah, now <laughs> I'm I'm familiar with my surroundings. So now yeah. I can get back to my shenanigans a little bit. But I didn't even, even then, I didn't get in trouble a ton. Maybe just uh, had to go to the principal office a couple of times um, and got suspended for a food fight that oh. I didn't, had nothing to do with. Uh, so oh, other than that, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty chill. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You see, oh, we don't get to that another day. Okay. <laughs> but that's crazy. Um, So, like, one, where did you go to middle school? In middle school, were you, was it like a continuance from the elementary? Or was it a whole different school? It was a different school. So, Cadillac Middle School and um, on the west side, and it's no longer exists. Like, the building is abandoned now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of schools nowadays, like, um, 
that are just gone or they just didn't want to work on it anymore mm-hmm. um so continuous the growth and stuff but okay um so how was your um transition from middle school to high school like how were you then yeah high school i feel like was a, a different beast because a lot of people from my middle school i went to cash tech and mm-hmm. people from my middle school neighborhood didn't really unfortunately make it over there it was only maybe three of us that i can recall so i had to completely start over from scratch so mm-hmm. high school transition was a little bit a little bit uh shaky because i only knew maybe a few people going in and then mm-hmm. so i had to reestablish a lot of different relationships but i got a chance to i started playing football or one of my friends started playing football and then because you have the spring training before you go back to school or summer uh, workouts two a day stuff like that i just started doing that early so i got a chance to meet a few people but then um yeah, from there, really started to, like, build new relationships. And as far as academically, it wasn't anything, like, too crazy. Um, I was able to keep up with the work because, like I said, I enjoyed school. So I paid attention, um, knew how to follow directions in that regard. But it was a little bit more chill because you go from being the big dog in middle school to right back being a little dog, a uh, freshman in high school. And, you know, you always hear stories about seniors and upperclassmen always messing with freshmen and stuff like that. I didn't really experience that, experience that, but you know that that was definitely a very real thing. So it's kind of like, all right, you wanna you wanna make sure you you come in here with the right energy mm-hmm. and and not be on their target list, basically. Yeah, I feel that. Do you feel like were you in any extracurricular activities when you was high school? Not my freshman year. No, I didn't. I didn't. Other than football, I played JV football that year. But other than that, no, not really. Okay. So how did you get into more of your um now we're going a little bit more into your careers how did you get into the mindset of becoming podcasting being more out there with your your line of work yeah so keeping it in high school and then coming to current Mm -hmm. my senior year i started a podcast with a few of my friends uh where we would talk about stuff that was going on with our classmates that was going on in the school Mm -hmm. it was very like uh a more ignorant breakfast club-ish type, type show. <laughs> so unfortunately, like a lot of the uh, salacious podcasts that you see out here like that, it was more so along those lines. But mm-hmm. um, I had a friend from high school who they were on, they called it internet radio then. Mm-hmm. But then um, I saw them be on the show. I was like, oh, that's cool. How do you set that up? Figured out how to set it up. Got a few of my friends together. and was like, hey, we got to do this. I think we could be good at it. And then, you know, started there. So that's kind of like where my podcasting journey started mm-hmm. uh, or initiated. And then I always wanted to be a part of like TV, radio, stuff like that in some some way, shape or form. I always thought it was cool seeing news anchors on TV. I thought like they had back then thought they had like the best jobs ever. Mm-hmm. And was so always infatuated with stuff like that in like media overall, because I grew up ton of MTV, BET, stuff like that. Yeah. So always thought that that was cool. Um being in that communication space. And then I went to University of Michigan, I actually studied communications for my degree. Uh, so that's what my degree is in and wanted to go in a career that was more so media focused and things like that, marketing primarily, but ended up pivoting, going the mar- marketing route. And then I wanted to uh, find, uh, it wasn't until years later, I picked back up on the podcasting aspect uh, now because I was just working uh, it, within marketing and, and doing that for different companies, want to have more of a creative outlet in order to talk about the things I wanted to. And then so 
Hence, got a chance to start working on the Black Fridays podcast, which is my show where I talk to different Black business owners, creatives, entrepreneurs to share their stories, put more spotlight on what it is that they're doing and who's also making an impact in their communities through business. That started in the pandemic 2020, George Floyd, that whole situation happened. And I just thought about why don't we have more of a positive spotlight on our people who are out here putting in the work and doing the work and how can we encourage them and empower them more so we don't have to continuously find ourselves in situations like George Floyd, not him in particular, but the situation of where it's like, you know, we're um, continuing to like beg for equality to organizations who don't really care about us that much. Mm -hmm. How can we empower ourselves and the people who are out here actually doing it in the neighborhoods, in our communities, and really just want to dig deeper into that. Mm -hmm. Always been a business nerd. And uh, so it, it, me podcasting fulfilled a few of my different interests. So love, my people, uh, black people love business, love uh, entrepreneurship, love talking about it, uh, love marketing and love communication. So being able to combine all of those together, that's kind of how I got down that path. Wow. That sounds amazing. Have you, um, now did you go to college for any of like what you do, like far as now, like if so, can you elaborate more on it? Yeah, somewhat. So when in undergrad, I studied communications at University of Michigan that was more so the the study of like media, media messaging, things like that. But it didn't formally teach you how to be like a radio host or mm-hmm. be a event host or anything like that. As far as that goes, that more so I've had informal training with mm-hmm. that because in undergrad, I was a part of an improv comedy group called Images of Identities. And being a part of that, that's what gave me the opportunity to be on stage, have like a stage presence, know how to talk and speak in front of a public group. Uh, I always participated in like different business competitions when I was in high school, some somewhat in college as well. So knowing how to like pitch and talk to an audience and um, just like public speaking and being able to work on that. Uh, when I was a, I always told a story and I feel like it's insignificant to people when they hear it, but I feel like it, it means something to me. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, I emceed my kindergarten graduation, which, you know, they hand you a sheet of paper, you Mm -hmm. just say a couple of lines or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of the beginning of like knowing that I would like to be able to have that type of engagement with a crowd or audience and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, knowing that that was possible. So I feel like that might have been the inception of those type of things. But it's mostly been informal and learning how to, you know, do podcasting or be um, public speaking, stuff like that, that caters to what it is that I do now. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I feel like that is a a good story to go back on because it shows that you started somewhere and it just gave you that insight of like, I can actually do this Mm -hmm. in the future, you know? Um, And that's really dope too. And honestly, the the specifics of where you're going with Black Fridays, it's dope because it's like not a lot of people do pay attention to our our community and mm-hmm. especially when we're trying to make a name for ourselves or if we try our best we have to work 10 times harder not right. saying others don't but it's just like with certain different like certain situations that we go through that's that's top tier too mm-hmm. and i think that's really dope having an insight on that so with your um with Black fridays i've noticed that you know you interview a lot of different people. Do you go to people in particular or do you just come across them by networking? Or how do you usually find your audience or your guests? 
black male just finding stuff about them that they don't want to get out and then just nah i'm just playing (laughs) (laughs) uh it primarily started with my network so black fridays the first iteration of it was an instagram live series and doing that on a weekly basis on a friday talking to a guest about their background their profession what it is that they do and that started with my network and how the old the whole inception of the show started because i was like i know so many talented people and only if they had more of a spotlight more attention on what it is that they're doing i can only imagine how much they would be able to accomplish so it started uh started that way build tapping into my network and then really just trying to build on top of that and then also it's a networking opportunity for me selfishly for me to challenge myself to say hey i like what you're doing reach out extend the hand say hey would it be possible to connect and you know go from there and then i can learn about their stories we can learn about uh each other the things that we have to offer how we might be able to partner or help each other and so that's how i end up like connecting with the the different guests it's really like me just seeing like hey i see what you're doing i like it i appreciate it it's dope would you be interested in sharing your story and then really just going from there and like growing the network from there but um a good portion of the people were already in my network or maybe like a couple of degrees of separation. Nice. That sounds amazing. So have you, um, through those, um, from when you first started up until now, have you seen a lot of growth within yourself? If so, like what, in what way? Yeah, big time. Some of the interviews I go back and listen to, like my first couple of episodes, it's like, it's not, it's not anywhere near kind of like where I am now where I can listen to some episodes or I can do a recording and then it's like night and day as far as like my line of questioning how i'm speaking how i'm presenting um being conscious about like stuttering and stuff like that or not really knowing what i'm gonna say so i definitely see growth in terms of that also the caliber of guests not to you know by any means say anybody who's been on the show before because everybody's been dope honestly but it's just like the it's more of, of me thinking about people who I have no relation to at all and being able to have valuable conversations with them. That's what I think about in terms of like the, the quality of guests and being able to have those type of conversations with people like I don't know from a can of paint. So that's, that's the type of growth that I, I think about. Okay. Have you seen a difference between the relations? Like, do you feel like it's a whole different feeling of a conversation with the people that you do know or grew up on or have had a longer relations with versus people that you just met around the corner a few minutes ago? (laughs) Do you feel like that's a different change? Do you change your way of presenting or do you feel like it's usually the same within yourself? I think it's usually the same uh, for me because even the people that I do know, the conversations that we have, I, I challenge myself to try to understand more about what I don't know about them. And then talking to people about whatever their zone of genius is and like Mm -hmm. their particular thing and what it is their craft is and they're really they're passionate about it unlocks so many different layers about who it is that they that they are so like um i'm getting uh, married soon so people who are in my wedding have been Mm -hmm. on a previous guest and talking to them about their profession and stuff that they do Mm -hmm. i learned more about them so it's just really about how can i tap into what it is that I don't know that my natural curiosity using that to my advantage so that I can be able to pick out those things. Like, even if it's uh, a guest that I have, a guest that I have that I don't know, but mm-hmm. is, I guess, more well-known or may have more credibility. 
being able to pick at the things like, okay, well, what don't we know about you? Mm-hmm. And being able to unlock like some of those things. So really just trying to use that natural curiosity across the board with whoever I'm talking to. Yeah, that's dope. Do you feel like, um, for that, that's, that's really cool. That's, that's goals right there. That's what's up. Do you have um, any goals that you try to meet with every episode? Selfishly, I try to keep every episode as clean as I can from a, uh, not from like a, a cursing or, or a salacious standpoint, but mm-hmm. like uh, editing. So like my line of question and stuff like that, because I don't want to be sitting there like chopping up a million different things. And yeah. so I'll try to keep it as like, okay, make sure your questions are structured a certain way so that it can flow as smoothly as possible mm-hmm. and uh, try to get as much out of the questions that I might be asking to my guests if I got a follow-up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to like go in and be like, okay, well, this part was terrible this first 20 minutes. So now let me merge in and do something. I, I don't mind editing, but I don't want to nitpick at edit yeah. like that. I want it to be as natural as possible. So that's probably the main thing that as far as goals that I have, make sure that it looks as clean as possible, capture all my visuals and my my audio. That's uh, one of my fears. It happened to me a couple of times where uh, I didn't record everything. So I got an episode out now and me and some of the homies had an amazing conversation. And you can't for the, I usually do different angles. You can't see me for majority of the video because my phone ran out of space. Oh, so wow. that was, so yeah. you can, it's just focused on them. Thank God that it worked out that way where I still had that part of the video element and you know just really try to keep the the recording process as clean as possible but stuff happens but really just try to uh at the end of the day getting the content that's that's all that matter i had one interview where i forgot my tripod there was no tripod available in the space that i was at mm-hmm. i literally had to turn a cup into a tripod and yeah. i had to make it happen yeah i had to make it happen and the interview <laughs> turned out perfectly fine yeah because i kid you not that's that's something i had to do when i tried to do um my first video my first ever video for the podcast i literally turned a, a table stand with the box on top of another box for to hold my camera yep in the angle because i didn't have an additional tripod yep you just got to be creative when you want that content you mm-hmm. want that creativity gotta you want you got to be ready for anything and mm-hmm. now nowadays some people don't even be thinking like that some nope. people don't be thinking quickly off the spot like uh no i want this content mm-hmm. today like right. what are we doing right and i feel like with the videos it's like i feel you on that because i'm very particular with angles make sure we got some good conversations going but if anything of all this fails, of course we got the audio as the mm-hmm. the main thing as the backup. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, it, it's a lot that people don't understand for some that aren't podcasters. That it, mm-hmm. it's a lot that goes into it yep. with trying to get content, whether that's recording, mm-hmm. the angles, the location, make sure your background noise ain't crazy. And that's all of that is before you got to go in and edit it. Yes. So it's, it's a process. It. Yeah. And then you got to make sure your guest is there on time and then yeah. make sure your mics is ready if you mm-hmm. have mics or if you're using mics. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like it's so much that comes into the factor and making sure everything is pinpoint. That's why I'm like, look, mm-hmm. if the video ain't working, we doing audio. We just yep. don't take the picture. We're going to tell people what it is. Mm-hmm. We're going to either make it work what it is or, you know, yep. you just got to work with what you have. And I'm going to say it right here. If you want to crash course in creative business, creative arts, or just business in general, start a podcast and try to make money from it. Mm-hmm. That's the quickest way to get a crash course in all that stuff. 
You have to learn about audio. You have to learn about visual. <laughs> you have to learn about graphic design. You got to learn about social media. You mm-hmm. have to learn about podcasting platforms, YouTube, people management. Because like you said, your guests and all that yes. type of stuff and communications. You got to send out uh, messages to even like solicit people to come on. Mm-hmm. If you want a crash course and all of that and you, you think you got a, a good idea, start a podcast. Yeah. It definitely teaches you so many different levels. It definitely... Um builds you up if you're trying to be a new entrepreneur because you it's it's like literally your one-man band and yep. unless you have a team of people mm-hmm. that are great in these fields that has all these issues we're listing that's the only way that like you gonna learn a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's rather working with people or not even if you're doing solo shows you mm-hmm. still gotta make sure your mics is good your recording is good Excuse me. And then other things, too. So it's a lot that comes into the factor mm-hmm. of um, this industry in the in the career field in itself. Yep. Now, I've been wanting to ask what show or episode, I should say, that just blew you away that you wasn't even expecting it to be like. So crazy, like one that you have out now. Yeah, um, I probably have a few like that where I'm just like in the middle of the conversation or after the fact, I'm like man, this was dope. Like this, was, this is just a, a dope conversation, a dope vibe. The one that stick out to me the most is one of my more recent interviews with uh, Charity Ward, who is a performing artist, mm-hmm. multifaceted artist in the city of Detroit. And I didn't know her from, uh, I didn't, I know, known of her. I know people that know her. We have never interacted or had a conversation and I literally had no idea how that was going to go. And we had ended up having an amazing conversation and it just like felt like we were just chopping it up and we were just getting a chance to, we were just catching up. Mm. And so much, so many gems from her end really came out of that conversation, just talking about her journey and being transparent and where she was and where she was trying to go and what she was trying to do mm. in the music industry, just trying to create overall. A lot of things that I didn't know, only know a little, knew a little bit. And I know people probably knew more who are really diehard fans or uh, know of her. But I think that we was able, she was able to share some things that people didn't necessarily know. And that's why I'm like, okay, that conversation was super dope to look back and, and listen on. And now that, that's um, my most watched uh, YouTube video right now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was super dope. That's good. And then word of the mouth is crazy too. Mm-hmm. That's why we always try to, you know, get good word of the mouth and make sure that the content that we're trying to provide or the messages that we're trying to have a you know go across is being seen the way we want it to be seen. Mm-hmm. Even though people take things differently, everybody take things differently. So that's just amazing. What's what's the other one that you stated? The other one is with somebody else who I I've actually known this person for a while, Gail Perry Mason, who is a, a huge staple in the city of Detroit, especially from the financial standpoint, nonprofit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, her, she works with students each summer, takes them to uh, pretty much like money camp for a week. And mm-hmm. I believe it's uh, the Money Matters Camp is the the name of it. And I've known her for years, went to college with her son and interacted with, with her over the years, but never had a chance to talk to her about what it is that she does professionally and like what is her zone of genius. And mm-hmm. so that was my whole goal for that conversation to really identify what what like what do you do like what kind of makes you what makes you go what's your purpose what's your motivation and keeps you going to do the things that you do and it was super dope to just kind of hear a lot of things that came out of that 
and just really hearing somebody like talk about their expertise and like break it down and mm-hmm. make it practical. I think that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. uh, for me was her making it practical and not just like pie in the sky, investing and stuff like that. She's like, no, you look, you spend $10 on a latte. You go to Starbucks every other day, take that $10 for one week or a day, put that in the stock market. Now you got Starbucks stock, let it grow, see what happens. Like boom, 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 like really just keeping it that practical. So that was also a, a very dope conversation mm-hmm. that I had. Wow. That sounds amazing. And that's actually a really good piece of knowledge that a lot of kids need to need to know or just people in general. Cause we always say, like, I wish I would have learned that in high school. I wish I would have learned sent, you know, specific things mm-hmm. that we really do need to know by the time adulthood hits us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So how I meant to ask as well, like, how was the transition for high school going into adulthood for you? Oh, man. Uh, high school going into adulthood. It definitely was. Um, it was uh, I feel like it was like a crash course because that started in college and mm-hmm. me just having to be more independent and on my own. I wasn't the best in terms of managing my time because I'm in college and I'm like, oh, man, you know. I'm chilling. Like I kind of figured out the stuff that I liked early on the organizations I wanted to be in, have my friends and stuff like that. So I got comfortable and then just like, oh man, you know, I'm just up here chilling. And then when them grades wasn't looking as good and for the first time in my life, I'm below a 3.0. Now I'm like, oh, this is, this is real life. So I got to, some things got to change for sure. So um, yeah, I had to, it, it wasn't the easiest, but through experience, I had to learn how to be more responsible with my time, with my energy, things that I do, be more serious about what it was that I was looking to do post-college because I was always one for, I kind of had a vision of where I wanted to go and what I, what it is that I wanted to do. But um, just living that adult style life because you're still fairly young in college, but mm-hmm. living that adult style life at that point in time, like really like hit me. Like you, you don't have, because I went to Michigan, so I'm in Ann Arbor. I'm with a lot of rich kids and mm-hmm. being in class with people who have way more stuff than me. And it's like, you ain't got mommy and daddy money to fall back on if things don't work out. So you really mm-hmm. got to figure out like what is what life going to look like mm-hmm. after you leave here and you really got to grind and, and make it happen. So um, I've always been kind of responsible in that regard. So just being able to really like notice this not a game and what you do here is going to impact what you do when you get out of here and how you live your life and like your trajectory. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be more responsible, get around more like-minded people. So just mm-hmm. always put my best foot forward to be at the right events, talk to the right people, network, um, internships, all that type of stuff. So that's kind of like what adulthood back then looked like for me leaving high school because high school was a bubble. Like mm-hmm. it was a nice bubble. And I, because of high school I went to majority black, man, mm-hmm. I, you get, dropped off in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which ain't majority black, um, not majority minority either. So it's definitely more um, of a microcosm of the world or more like what the world kind of looks like. So I think that was also uh, something big that I had to endure navigating those spaces where you're the only one or you want a few mm-hmm. and having to be comfortable and confident in those spaces. I feel that. Especially when you mainly from Detroit and you doing a big move to Ann Arbor, because mm-hmm. Ann Arbor is a nice place. You yep. know what I'm saying? Ann Arbor is beautiful, but you're it's like moving different sceneries, right? And then you gotta learn people and get to know people and know that you're in the right 
surroundings mm-hmm. of people. So that's 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 dope. I I think that um a lot of people don't understand how quick and everybody has different experiences too. When adulthood hits you and you some people gotta become an adult before you even get out of high school. Some mm-hmm. people can't even get out of high school yet until you get into adulthood. Some people like um I had a previous friend that was on that had to beat a big brother before he even got out of high school and mm-hmm. he had to turn into a dog real quick, make sure his, you know, brothers and sisters are fed, make sure he was fed, make sure they had food for the next day, went to school on time. So he turned into a like a whole parent aspect, you know what I'm saying? So uh and that's everybody deals with adults and different. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's without a doubt. And that's true. You know, a lot of people don't understand that you can't fall back on your parents sometimes when mm-hmm. you're at a struggle. You got to figure it out. Right. It's like your parents like, hey, look, we taught you. What, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Are you, did you listen to anything we taught you out of your 18 years of life or 19 years of life? Right. Like, what are we doing? Like, how are we moving? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's, um that's really dope. I feel like um everybody learning. Clearly, you're doing great and you <laughs> did a great job to be here from all the adults and stuff. So I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really dope. That's really dope. Hey guys, it's shout out break time. We want to give our love and support to Mr. Denzel here with his podcast and business called Black Fridays. Black Fridays is a celebration of Black-owned businesses, professionals, and creatives who thrive in their communities. Join Denzel Turner as he interviews guests about their unique career and business journeys while also discussing important topics in the Black businesses. And Make sure to check all of that down in the bio and description and check it out on his website at blackfridayspod.com. All right, back to the show. So kind of going into like our next segment, in the beginning, um, you pulled out of our bowl <laughs> and you pulled out mentorship. Mm-hmm. So growing up from um a young age up until now like middle school to high school did you have like any mentors that helped you guide you or um make sure that you stayed afloat yeah big time and that came from me in the earliest form it probably came from me from a few teachers because i was in the business curriculum at cas and so mm-hmm. uh a few of those teachers definitely had looked out miss mitchell miss stevenson Miss Schwartz off and they always brought like different opportunities to us. And I never forget because it's probably like one of the things that changed my life, honestly. She had a um she had a guy come in by the name of David Gamlin and he ended up talking to us about the what was it, Camp Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, I believe at that time. And so Camp Enterprise was a weekend business camp where you would go up there. High school students, uh, I believe sophomores and juniors or something like that, get a chance to go up to either Michigan State or University of Michigan at the time and be able to compete in a business pitch competition. And you work with other students from other um, other high schools and y'all had to get together. They threw you in a group and y'all had to figure it out. And y'all got a a mentor to help Mm y'all with the process. So went to Camp Enterprise, absolutely loved it, fell in love with it. And um, that's how I got introduced to. Mr. Gamlin and me and him have been tight. That's been my mentor ever since then. And I was probably like 2007. Mm-hmm. So, and, and now I'm an old man. So that's, uh, 
been a very long time. So that was the first introduction of like what a mentor looked to look like to me. And I got a chance to know, I got a chance to know him then in Camp Enterprise. That was only for a weekend, but then that turned into an opportunity for me to uh, go into the Midnight Golf Program and apply and get accepted into that uh -huh. where we got to further establish a relationship. And then through Midnight Golf, uh, got a chance to uh, be mentored by the founder, Renee Fluker, mm -hmm. who is also um, a very uh, close mentor, like a second mom to me. And uh, also just so many other people who are, were prior, uh, mentors at the time and throughout the years and organization and seeing people who really care about you and are investing in your future at that young age for me i didn't have the best um mentors or idea of what a mentor or idol so to speak in my immediate surrounding mm -hmm. not even really in my family so being able to have that type of support and investment from people like it meant the world to me which is why they're uh, a huge part of my life even today like i'm an adult and I'll still call them about different things and, you know, connect yeah. with them, go to lunch and things like that. And wow. just like those type of relationships are invaluable. And so that's how um, I got a chance to establish those type of relationships, at least in high school. That's how it started. Yeah, that's dope. Without a doubt, I feel like that's when you know somebody impact you, you they would know that because they sense the the engagement. They sense that you're the things that they're feeding into you is really strongly acknowledged with you. I feel like that's really amazing. And shout out to teachers for mm -hmm. that are very um, serious about their students' careers and really pushing forward and uh, making sure they get the biggest lesson out of whatever they're pursuing. I think that's really amazing. And I was going to ask, did you have any mentors that continue from high school to your adulthood or did you have different changing of mentorship? But as you said, you know, you had the, a few of the same ones. Did you have any in your adulthood when you yeah so they they stuck with me for life and um they yeah whether they like it or not they with me for <laughs> for the long haul so yeah, i'm your child now. <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah they definitely stuck with me and as far as mentors going into adulthood so ironically enough stemming from my relationship with uh my mentor and then at golf he came to me and said hey i know uh it this opportunity landed in my lap Mm -hmm. people looking for a marketing intern uh, I know you're looking for work or whatever would you be interested and so I'm like yeah of course and then I got a chance to apply there start working for a company at the time is R.O. Polkin company now mm -hmm. they're S&P Global and uh, the vice president of diversity and inclusion his mm -hmm. name is Mark Bland and he's been a huge help to me uh, and mentor like ever since I stepped foot at that company and um that was 2013 and mm -hmm. so he's been uh, a big part of my life ever since then and just somebody who looks like me from the like almost damn near the same neighborhood as me as well mm -hmm. maybe like a few blocks over mm -hmm. and just to kind of see the things that he's accomplished the confidence he instilled in me and the type of things that i'm able to do and could potentially accomplish and just seeing like i know you have potential and i want to give you a chance and really just caring enough to do that um was was uh I, pretty much all that i needed at, at that point in time because a lot of people will probably just look at me especially like different uh fortune 500 companies or whatever like um, corporate america they'll look at me and like you know look past me pretty much not even look at me but you know he's seen the potential in me and that was huge and you know that that's been my guy ever since then so that was like the first iteration of what that looked like to me from an adulthood standpoint 
And then uh, other people I had, like, where I were willing to invest in me when I went to University of Miami for my grad graduate degree, and I'm almost 30, and, like, having an opportunity to find new mentors. Uh, Miss Brown, she had looked out for me um, when I was down there. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody I might be missing out that I truly – uh, look at and identify as a mentor or like from an uh, adult standpoint. Um, I have uh, some people, some folks that I work with now in the tech industry that uh, have definitely looked out and who are older than me, but but uh, show me uh, show me a lot of love and see potential in me and want to invest in me. So yeah, just having those relationships, I, they definitely mean a lot, especially for me. And just knowing you can relate to certain people, they have walked down the path that you are looking to go down and mm -hmm they're willing to give back, reach back, give you the knowledge in the game that they have. And that, that just means the, the world to me because, you know, how do we progress if you don't have folks like that? Yeah, that's very true. Have you ever been a mentorship to somebody younger than you? Like Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of my experience in the Minette Golf Program and with the mentors that I have, I've always had a spirit to want to invest in the next generation mm. because I always think it, Back then, it was more so like, you know, these are the future leaders of the spaces that we're in now. So uh, I want to get on their good side. So let me make sure that <laughs> I look out for them. And I still feel that way to a certain extent, but it's mm -hmm. really the more so from the standpoint of providing opportunities now. So uh, I've been a mentor for the Midnight Golf Program when I became of a certain age. So you have to, if you're an alumni, you have to wait a certain period of time before you get more established in your career before you can mentor. So I got a chance to fulfill that. And, you know, that that was a, a, a bringing life full circle for me and being able to support students from that end and knowing where I was and, and, and what that looked like. So I'm I'm always grateful for that. I had some phenomenal students from that standpoint. When I was working in automotive at um, the the company that I had mentioned, starting a mentorship program there mm -hmm. and working with some dope students from uh, Cody High School for a few years, uh, maybe like three or four years that we had did that, Cody and Loyola, and being able to mentor young ladies, young men, and understand, give them the exposure to corporate America. What does it look like? Get them exposure to the automotive industry. Let them know there's potential, there's opportunities here, depending on where you want to go, mm -hmm. which are career and what you want to do in the future, and being able to connect and relate with them. I think that that was dope. Uh, and then also, I have a, a mentorship program now that's being ran out of Jalen Rose Leadership Academy called the Collab. And mm -hmm. so we initially started doing college scholarships for students on an annual basis, but we initiated our um, fellowship program in order to have more of a lasting relationship with these students. So we've been doing that. This is our third year doing that with uh, with the, I want to call them kids, with our uh, young adults. Mm -hmm. And that has also meant a lot because I get a chance to see them on a more consistent basis and then being able to just teach them the things that I learned and, and that I know we all have, me and my uh, co-founders and board members have different areas of expertise, instilling that into them giving them options of what you could potentially do in the future from a career standpoint. And then also just giving them tools that you're going to be able to use for the rest of your life, like learning about the basis about business, financial literacy, creative skills. That's going to help you in a pinch. If you, even if you're not a creative or a marketer, but you know how to do certain things that's going to help you stand above uh, others. So being able to provide that means a, a world of difference to me, but really just, like I said, initially, being able to invest in them 
so that we can keep this thing moving and progressing and we provide opportunities to them and so that they can in turn go ahead and do that for somebody else. That's amazing. I feel like that's really dope um, to hear that because a lot of people don't understand how strong a mentor can be towards somebody that may not either have um, parents that are welcoming into wherever they're trying to be in, giving them that the tools that um, probably a parent can't provide. Not saying parents, for one, parents are always our first mentors, just mm-hmm. about, especially the ones that are genuinely invested into us. So just being able to um, be a mentor and a source for someone, even if they don't have parents or if they do, that's really cool too. Now, being a mentor over time, have have your students or have any of the young adults or people that you mentor bring any lessons upon you that were new? Like, what were things that they taught you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if anything, they definitely are current students. They they keep me young. Like, they keep me abreast of all the crazy stuff that's going on out here and just interesting in general. So, like, keep let me know what's going on in their world and then how can we make stuff more applicable? Because, like, I'm double their age, uh, probably, like, at, at this point. So, it's like, how do, how do I make the things that I know and understand and went through applicable to what it is that they do? And so definitely keep me abreast of what's going on out here. Also, uh, a lot of them are super talented and smart. And they, they, like everybody else, they have their own zone of genius where they can teach me about, oh, no, this is how, like, I want to be a writer. Like, well, this is the writing process that you have to go through when you're interested in writing. Or, well, you know, I'm interested in engineering, electrical engineering, and this is what this industry looks like and or I want to be a, a, a artist and like this is what I've learned thus far from different camps and things that I've been in so really just taking the time to really listen to them what they're interested in what makes them tick at this age and then um, really trying to figure out how can I help them apply what they want to do make it uh, make it applicable in the future and actionable and really provide them try to figure out what's the different ways I can help help them in that journey and mm-hmm. at least present it to them and then so they can be like, hey, I like this. Let me explore this some more or nah, I ain't feeling that. Let me go a different route. So that's kind of that's kind of the things that I learned from them to be flexible, have an open mind, and then the different nuances of the stuff that they really like, I get to learn about as well. I feel that. That's amazing. Cause I feel like and they get just being a mentor myself, being able to help somebody in a field that they're not aware of or just give them more knowledge about the field that they're not aware of or they are aware of and then getting feedback from them also it just like a, a helping mechanism like we helping each other grow mm-hmm. within different aspects because we don't realize that wow my student even taught me I ain't even know like you know what I'm saying so I think that's really dope and I think that's really cool too be giving your time invested because our time is precious you know what i'm saying we all don't we don't know when our time is time whatever you know our time is being borrowed so being able to invest our time into really what we are proud of what we acknowledge what we see as a, a true growth mechanism is really dope um and very vibrant in certain different ways and i think that's really cool mm-hmm. for sure so in the beginning you also chose a, a number between one through three and you chose one through 10, excuse me, <laughs> one through 10, and you chose number three. See, there we go. Um, and number three is, what is your um, goals for your life right now and within your business? Uh, goals for life. So I try to think about life 
at least for me in a uh maybe like three or four different buckets so it's career it's family slash relationships financial and like physical health Mm -hmm. so um as far as those buckets uh with life and relationship like i said i'm getting married soon so really just thank you (laughs) establishing a solid foundation with my soon-to-be wife and then making sure the core values of what we see life as that we are truly working towards those things and being able to work strong together the unit that's extremely important to me and then also like just from the family and friends standpoint making sure that I'm intentional about the time that I spend and conversations and things like that with them because those things is um, obviously important. So that's kind of like what the core is for me there. Career, just being able to be in a space where I'm able to provide value in the space that I'm in, be creative in the space that I'm in, uh, and then also uh, challenge myself to be more of a leader, to be more of a um well-rounded business person and just uh, establishing different aspects of business I'm not too familiar with. So that's kind of where I'm at there. Uh, as far as physical, continue to lose weight, just get my keep myself healthy, stay active, uh, drink my water, all that good stuff. Uh, and then financial, being able to continue to build on different multiple avenues of um, uh, well, streams of income. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, try to do my best to uh, establish wealth in um legal ways so yeah that's the that's the that's how i I bucket those and then i forgot the other part of the question it was how are you what's your new goals for your business oh what's my new goals for my business yes so as far as the black fridays podcast looking to establish sponsorships so if you listen to this and you got a dope business and you're interested in uh being able to get that in front of an audience that fits the people that you're going after or targeting or in a a newer, unique audience, definitely tap in with me. So looking to uh, continue to find ways to monetize that, looking to figure out how I can improve the quality of my production, whether it's video, audio, um, the scenery, lighting, whatever it is, just being able to continue to get a little bit better with that each and every time I record an episode. And then also trying to figure out how can I like streamline my processes? Because like we talked about, it's a lot. To, that goes into it. And so how do I be able to make that as simple as I can for myself? Like where it's almost anything I can automate, automate it or anything I can, um, what do you call it? Anything that I can possibly utilize somebody else for, how do I, how do I go about that? So those are probably the biggest things that I see for um, my business. I'm putting it out there now because I got to hold myself accountable to do it <laughs> is merchandise. So mm, getting some merchandise, yeah. I've always wanted to do merch and do like sell physical products in some way, shape or form. And what better way than to do it or experiment with it than the podcast. So that's, yeah. that's uh, some of my big goals for my business. That's amazing. Oh, and bigger, like can challenge myself to get bigger, different people um, or yeah, challenge myself to talk to more people that I don't know or have an established relationship with mm-hmm. through the platform. So kind of like going more abroad with it. Right, like stretching and expanding yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Do you have any specific fields, or just people in general? More so, people in general, not necessarily. Uh, if anything, fields. I'm a huge sports fan, so <laughs> definitely talking to somebody in the, the sports realm, getting that established. Uh, let's see. Um, I want to. I had a dope fashion interview, so I would like to do another one um, with the. Uh, uh, a male fashion creative who I'm who I would 
who in the city of Detroit, I would love to be able to connect with soon. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other any other industries that I haven't necessarily. Oh, um, political, not political figures, but public servants. So police officer, firefighter, mm-hmm. uh, EMS, like something like that, something along those lines, a medical doctor, uh, a lawyer. So, yeah, if you fit any of those descriptions, definitely hit me up. Um, and if you're doing quality business too, that's a that's a prerequisite to come on Black Fridays. Don't be out here just finessing people. You gotta actually be doing good business and treat <laughs> right. people right. Yeah, do things right, do right. diligence. <laughs> I feel that that's amazing. I hope, um, of course, after this episode, I really hope that um, a lot of people tap in and tune in, and we will definitely have your information in the description and make sure to shout you out mm-hmm. um, and make sure that that's being invested for real. Do you have any advice to give on people that are starting out um, becoming podcasters or becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would say as far as both podcasts and entrepreneurship, one of the best business books that I read, right currently my favorite business book is The $100 Startup. And it's a bunch of different case studies of people who were able to start up their businesses for little to no cost. And I believe most, if not all of them, were like less than $100. So really just being able to challenge yourself to keep it lean, keep it light. You don't have to spend a ton of money, depending on what you're trying to do and what industry you're going into, in order to get it going and get it started. And so I always tell people, as cheap as you can do it, definitely do it. Use your iPhone. You're already paying for it. If you do like I do, you're already paying for the phone or it's paid off, whatever it is, you've got in your possession, use that for your photos and your videos. You can get you some microphones that might not necessarily cost as much if you want to make audio type content. As far as a logo and stuff like that, you can make it yourself on Canva, at least to start or you can for free or you can go to Fiverr and and spend a a couple bucks. But really just keep your overhead costs as low as possible until you can prove your concept of what it is that you're trying to do. Um, as far as podcasts, it's probably going to cost you, it might cost you a little bit of something, but you can literally do a podcast for free from your phone, mm-hmm. upload all that stuff, record everything. You don't have to spend a dime. Everything you need is on and in that phone. So, uh, yeah, just keep keep your, your cost, your overhead as low as possible when you're starting out and then challenge yourself to grow with the business and grow with the skills and stuff like that versus dumping a ton of money um, off uh, off rip because no matter what, it's going to take you time to make money. Mm-hmm. And you need time to grow and learn more about what it is that you're doing to get better in your business. So there's no point in you spending a ton of money up front if you don't have to. Yeah, I feel you on that. That's why I was like, um, and also being lenient to when you do have money invested. Like mm-hmm. if you're having people charge you or um, pay you for your services, sometimes being a little lenient for your services. Now, I understand if you've been in the field for some time. But still be a little lean because we mm-hmm. are human. We all trying to make money out here. We're all trying to grow. We're all trying to put the effort into whatever we're doing so or pursuing. So I think that's um I think that's really dope. Do you feel like in the future that you will have a a place of business where people can physically come to your like a building? Do you feel like you will have one or a studio that people can come to? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh yes. That is the big goal. That's the overall goal to be able to have a creative space, possibly um, like business incubator hub is really what I would be aiming to do. My goal, I think overall from a business standpoint and possibly the podcast as well, but to be able to help create more sustainable black businesses. 
because it's already a challenge being a small business owner as it is or doing business as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. But being able to help our people be more sustainable in that space because we already plan from behind the eight ball in terms of resources, in terms of information, things like that. But how can we accelerate more opportunities for us, more grant funding, more um, uh, allocation of businesses and spaces and things like that and skills? How can we help accelerate that and build that up so that we can be more sustainable overall as a community? And those mom and pop shops don't always have to be looking over their shoulder like, I don't know how we're going to pay this bill this month, but we just going to keep rolling. So like that, that's yes. So we'd love to be able to have a space to do that, operate that mission out of. I feel that. And I can actually see that for yourself. That's what made me ask, like with all the details of so far, have you seen about your business in itself, you helping black businesses? Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be really dope if you had a building or mm-hmm. at least a studio that we can walk in and just get different lessons or you got, you know, different, you know, content places, you know, created things of that nature. I can really mm-hmm. see that going far for yourself. Thank you. Now, before we close, do you have anything to say, like, for your closing statement? Do you have any things that a new project that you're working on that's coming out that you want people to tune into or be a part of? Uh, closing statement, it takes money to make money. I can't let it get away from me. No, I'm just playing. Shout out to stress money, uh, wherever you at in the world. Um, as far as new projects that I'm working on, I got some new ideas that I would love to be able to try out with the podcast mm-hmm. and just content. So really uh, looking forward to getting that out there, um, actually being a part of and having more discussions with people like yourself and mm-hmm. Uh, joining our platforms and really just uh, being able to invest in their spaces and other people's content because I definitely you know believe in the things that they do like you know you you are from the conversation we had the stuff I've seen you do stuff I've seen you be a part of very talented and I, I know that you got a bright future and whatever it is that you looking uh, to go into and, and dig deeper into so of course wherever I can you know be able to help mm-hmm. in that regard people like yourself anybody else who may have podcasting platform being able to join there and it's it's fun having these conversations on the other side too versus being an interviewer mm-hmm. so i definitely want to be able to do more of that and then also uh creating content for other people and still figuring out what does that look like from a services standpoint but i think i have an idea and work with a couple of people so far so really want to be able to get into uh that space i think it's user you was a user generated content ugc or whatever they call it ugi something like that mm-hmm. So I want to uh, dig into that space and, and see what that's about. So, yeah, that's kind of like some of the things that I'm looking forward to to working on. Okay. That sounds amazing. And like I said before, like, um, we'll definitely have all your information in the bio. Make sure people shout you out on your social media platforms, your website. Cause you have a lot. You have a lot on your database <laughs> on your platforms and i love that you shout out other black businesses too mm-hmm. and including their podcast and everything so i think that's amazing and beautiful we got to help one another out especially mm-hmm. growing because we all want to see each other grow and not tear each other down i'd rather see that than you know than tearing us down and then making a fool out of ourselves you know yep. what i'm saying so i think that's really beautiful and dope um is there gonna be a part two i don't see why not Oh, okay. Well, look and stay tuned for that, guys. Part two will be on our lovely Patreon and become a subscriber. So make sure to get in tuned with that part two. Um, And we'll dig a little deeper on certain things that we said today. And we'll see you guys soon. See ya. Peace.
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Elegance of Nay podcast. I'm your host, Nay, and make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and also follow us at the Elegance of Nay podcast. Until next time, see ya.